This morning's speaker is Bob Stahl. He is a longtime practitioner of insight meditation who lived in a Buddhist monastery for over eight years. He now directs mindfulness-based stress reduction programs in Bay Area medical centers and teaches at Vipassana Santa Cruz. He is also a husband and father of two sons. Thank you for coming this morning. Thank you. I want to thank uh, Insight Meditation Center for inviting me uh, this morning to... um, give a Dharma talk, and it's a privilege and honor. And um, today, um, I want to speak about a particular uh, meditation practice that I was taught many years ago by my teacher, Tunkulu Sero. It's called the 32 Parts of the Body Meditation. Though I... Um, I feel very blessed uh, to make my livelihood uh, teaching mindfulness in medical centers. Um, I'm also, as mentioned, uh, a long-time meditator. Lived at one time in a Theravadan Buddhist monastery for over nine, over eight years, and was uh, at one point uh, an ordained Buddhist monk. Spent a little bit of time in Burma as well as here in the United States. And um, over 25 years ago, early 1980s, I met uh, for the very first time um, my primary meditation teachers, uh, Venerable Tunkulu Sero, who... Um, passed away in the year 1986. He was... Um, what regarded as one of the foremost uh, meditation masters in Burma, he and Mahasi Sero. Mahasi Sero, perhaps many of you are know of, and his student Upandita Sero. And Tampulu Sero was a forest monk. Actually, in John, Jack Cornfield's book, Living Buddhist Masters, both uh, Tampulu Sero, Mahasi Sero, and some others are listed in there. And both Mahasi Sero and Tangpulu Sero had the same teacher, Mingam Jetawa Sero. Mahasi stayed more in the urban centers, and Tangpulu was a forest monk. Tangpulu Sero was uh, known for teaching many different meditations, the traditional Mahasatipatthana Vipassana meditation and He also taught uh, a particular form of meditation that is not too common and uh, understood here in the West, and it is called the 32 parts of the body meditation. And having practiced this over 25 years ago, I've had a resurgent uh, and deep interest in this practice in the last couple of years and have begun to uh, more deeply and extensively practice uh, the 32 parts of the body and I feel in, in some ways um, that I would like to carry on passing this tradition of the 32 parts of the body. It seems in our Western Vipassana mindfulness meditation world, many of us are familiar with the mindfulness of breath, the mindfulness of posture, the mindfulness of bringing Uh, to daily activities, our daily mindfulness practice, as well as, of course, the mindfulness of sensations in the body, 
consciousness, mental states, thoughts. So today I want to dedicate um, this time together for some of these other practices that are not fairly known that are very, very important practices. And it feels in the... um, the Dharma uh, evolution here in the United States that uh, even though I would say in some ways we're in our infancy compared to the 2,500 year tradition in Asia, um, we, we are getting riper and maturing as a uh, Dharma community. And so it feels that um, introducing some of these other practices feels very appropriate, feels like the right time. So I'd like to maybe just start with a little uh, reading from Saraha. Because that within my body are all the sacred places of the world. And the most profound pilgrimage I can ever make is within my own body. The most profound pilgrimage I can ever make is, is within my own body. So the 32 parts of the body meditation is found in the four foundations of mindfulness, the Mahasatipatthana Sutta. As we know, in these four foundations, the first is the foundation of the body, the second is the foundation of feelings or sensations, the third is the foundation of mind states, the fourth is the dharmas or the universal teachings of the Buddha. Within this first foundation of the body, there is six distinct practices that the Buddha taught in the foundation of the body, mindfulness of the body. The first is the mindfulness of breathing. The second is the mindfulness of posture. Third is the mindfulness of daily activities, as I've just previously mentioned. The fourth is the 32 parts of the body meditation. The fifth is the meditation on the four primary elements of solidity, liquidity, motion, and temperature. And the sixth practice is a meditation practice on death, and particularly on nine decomposing stages of a corpse, beginning with the first day of death until it dissolves into dust. Today, I'd like to just speak about the 32 parts of the body meditation, and perhaps that will uh, intertwine depending on our time with the elements and also the meditations on decomposition and death. The 32 parts of the body, as I mentioned, was introduced to the West by Venerable Tungpu Lucero, a forest monk that lived in Upper Burma. And he has this to say about the 32 parts of the body, quote, unquote, He says, this meditation is one of the most eminent among all the satipatthanas, all the foundations of mindfulness. The meditation on the body is unlike any other kind of meditation. It is brought to light and taught only in the times when the Buddhas arise. What is said about practicing the benefits of the 32 parts of the body meditation and perhaps the first and most important potential benefit is that the erroneous view of self is eventually uh, becomes eradicated. This sense of I, me, and my begins to dissolve. 
This meditation is also um, very beneficial as a healing meditation. Numerous people have been healed of illnesses working with the 32 parts of the body meditation. I remember many years ago, one of my friends, Barbara, who had lung cancer with a prognosis of under one year to live, came and visited the monastery and received some teachings from the monks and particularly worked with the the grouping that the lungs are contained in, which is heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs. And she, this became her primary practice. And every year she would send her oncologist a little postcard saying, still here. <laughs> and this lasted for about seven years. And she eventually did die of cancer. But this far exceeded her one year under prognosis, and she largely attributed her health to the 32 parts of the body, which she practiced very sincerely. Now, there's some other, many other interesting benefits that the suttas talk about, and one is that by practicing the 32 parts of the body, we eventually can conquer boredom and delight. There's an ability to be able to be in our body no matter what. Whether we're bored, whether we're delightful, there's a sense of equanimity that begins to develop as we hone into the body. We begin to conquer also fear and dread. That'd be pretty nice. (laughs) This ability to be in the body, conquering fear and dread. Also, it says one will be able to bear much more easily the temperatures of cold and heat. One amasses deep concentration. One will become intelligent. One attains jhana, absorption. One attains nibbana, freedom, enlightenment. The 32 parts of the body meditation is one of these unique meditations that can be used in two ways. One, to develop insight knowledge into the three characteristics of existence, Or it can be used as a meditation for absorption to attain jhana. Some of us might be wondering, so what are these 32 parts? And so I'd like to just recite them to you. And I actually did bring some handouts um, somewhere over there. There's probably not enough for everyone, but uh, particularly uh, the handouts on the 32 parts of the body. But um, perhaps um, at a certain point we'll distribute whatever's left and we can share them because I'd like us to chant it later. But in particular, the 32 parts of the body is made up of 20 solid parts and 12 liquid parts. In the 20 solid parts, they're broken up into four groups of five and two groups of six of liquids. Now, the interesting thing is, as I, in a minute, I'm going to name these parts, is that Obviously, the human body has more than 32 parts. Why these parts were selected by the Buddha, we don't really know. We don't really fully understand why these parts and not others. Why in this order rather than another order, we don't know. But anyways, the 32 parts of the body, beginning with the top of the head of head hairs, body hairs, nails, teeth, skin. 
This is the first group of five that we begin with. And as when you think about it, these first five, this kind of makes sense to me. Head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin. These are the parts of the body that we see in others. Head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin. And when you kind of think about the multi-billion dollar cosmetic industry that is devoted to head, hair, body, hair, nails, (laughs) teeth, skin, it's quite phenomenal in making it look nice. So underneath the skin is flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, and then heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain. Very interesting. The feces is next to the brain. No wonder people call each other shit for heads or something like that. I don't know. When I was growing up, that was kind of a bad thing to call somebody. Large intestines, small intestines, stomach, feces, brain. Then we go into the liquid parts of bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, synovic fluid, and urine. These 32 parts of the body are to be practiced in a very special way and There's not a lot of references in the suttas on how to specifically practice this. In the Vasudhi Maga, the path of purification, it simply says that this should be practiced hundreds, if not thousands of times, going in forward positions and backward positions and forward and backwards positions. Tongpa Lucero of Burma learned this particular practice as part of an oral tradition that goes back perhaps many generations And so he had a specific method on how to work with this practice. And it generally takes approximately 165 days to complete or 33 weeks, nearly a little bit over eight months. Essentially, he talked about practicing each grouping Five days, you would work with it in a forward position, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin. Then the next five days, you would do it in reverse, skin, teeth, nails, body, hair, head, hair. And then the next five days, forward and backwards, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, skin, teeth, nails, body, hair, head, hair. Then you would go on to the next grouping, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys. You'd do that for five days forward, then five days backwards. And then five days forward and backwards. So that's 30 days. And then you would come back to the beginning again. Head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bone, marrow, kidney. And you do that for five days forward, five days backwards, five days forward and backwards. Then you'd go on to the next grouping. So you'd go up and then you'd come back in and out. I actually taught this meditation last year at Vipassana Santa Cruz and for the convenience of the weeks, we met once a week and practiced this. The first week, practicing in the forward position. The second week, in the backward position. The third week, in the forward and backward position. Thus, it took us 33 weeks to complete. Practicing the 32 parts of the body has been an extraordinarily humbling and very powerful experience. 
There's a, an old cartoon from the far side by Gary Larson. Some of you, I think, are probably familiar with his work. Very funny. But there's this uh, picture of a, some cows in a pasture eating grass. And this is what cows do. They sit in pastures and eat grass most of their lives. So akin to the 32 parts of the body, there was this one day this cow had this powerful revelation and it starts speaking to the other cows in the pasture saying, we're eating grass. We're eating grass. We're really eating grass. <laughs> In the same way, we have a body. We have a body. We have a body. And that's like the closest parallel that I can talk about with this body practice, that we have a body penetrating into head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, Peeling away the layers into the flesh, the sinews, the bones, the bone marrow, the kidneys, and so forth. In the traditional texts, the 32 parts of the body is often rendered into cultivating the sign of the repulsive. The repulsive is a very strong word for many of us here in the West particularly for many of us that have had perhaps a, a strained relationship with our body. A lot of judgment, a lot of lack of compassion, a lot of awkwardness. So I'd like to just talk about repulsiveness for a moment. And often what we, how I have uh, framed this practice is to not necessarily get solely involved in the repulsive nature of the body, but to begin to penetrate to understand the true nature of the body. And within this true nature of the body, we may come up with seeing at times repulsive aspects. We may at times, of course, begin to penetrate that in this body, where is this eye to be found? Is it found in the nails, in the heart, in the liver, in the bile? We begin to experience more deeply the sense of no-self, which is one of the main purposes of this meditation. But in speaking of repulsiveness, perhaps a word that uh, could be rendered in a more contemporary fashion that seems more fitting to me is that at times we begin to experience less enchantment with the body or disenchantment. We begin to see the body as it really is. I mean, it's as again, as mentioning in this cosmetic industry, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, and skin. There's billions of dollars spent on that. But if we could just pause for a moment and just even consider head, hair for a moment. Sometimes they talk about the five different stages of disenchantment. So, for example, the, the color of head, hair, like if you saw head, hair, for example, in your soup or in a pot of rice, you'd probably think... This has got hairs in it. Take it away. I don't want to have anything to do with this. And as far as the shape, if, if the hair is actually in your food and 
you didn't know and you started eating it, you'd probably have this unpleasant sensation. How many of us have had chewed some hair in our food and go, ooh, what's... <laughs> the odor of hair is perhaps not so pleasant unless we adorn it with all the little things from the cosmetic industry. And of course, if you put the hair in the fire, the smell is kind of yucky. And the habitat, just as herbs grow out of a village sewage, so too these head hairs grow out of bile, phlegm, pus, blood, dung, urine, and so forth. We don't like to think about that. And as far as location, these body parts are found in the body. Just like one may not want to eat vegetables grown out of the ground in a cemetery, this body grows head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, and so forth. So there's a sense perhaps of, well, maybe a little bit of a growing disenchantment to this body. But it's also kind of a conundrum in that this is the only body we will only ever have, at least in this life. It's the only body we got. We've got to treat it well. This is the vehicle by which we live within that we walk upon on the path to liberation. It's treating this body with compassion, with understanding, with kindness. It's also very important. But we also, as we grow in this practice, realize that perhaps that we are not fully our bodies solely. And of course, as time goes on, and many of us have begun to see that uh, none of us from the moment of our conception, that wondrous moment when our father's sperm at our mother's egg, it began the irreversible process of aging. And our bodies, my body, is showing that aging. In particular, to do this practice, it's recommended that we recite it verbally. So there's actually very interesting that chanting is part of this practice. And it's said that even if you're like a three-basket holder, you know the whole Tipitaka by heart and you can recite it, you still have to say this practice out loud. The verbal attunes to the, to the mental, the mental attunes to the practice. So there's a particular way to chant this practice that in the long version actually takes 45 minutes. Sometimes we need to have our oxygen tanks next to us when we do this practice. It's quite amazing. If you're ever interested in wanting to listen to the whole 45-minute chant, go to VipassanaSantaCruz.org and go to the resource sections and you will find the 32 parts of the body being chanted by our class. And there's a shorter version that's about 8 minutes, 10 minutes that I would like us to do today. But after reciting... These parts, as far as the specific instructions for the meditation, we need to know the color, the shape, the location, the direction, the delimitation, what it's bordered by. So we begin to penetrate into each of these parts and, of course, to know its functionality. So as we penetrate on the body, I'm just going to read you the first five definitions that often we will uh, work with. So head here a thread-like outgrowth from the skin of mammals, a thin, flexible shaft of hardened cells, 
These are constantly shedding and being replaced by new hairs. Every two to five years is a replacement of new head hair. An average scalp has about 100,000 head hairs. The function of head hair is to keep the top of the head protected and temperature regulation, protection from ultraviolet light. The color is blonde, brown, gray, red, shaped like a lawn of grass, direction above the waist, location the top of the head, delimitation bordered by the face, the back of the neck and space, and also head hair is not body hair. So body hair is a thread-like outgrowth from the skin of mammals as well, a thin, flexible, flexible shaft of hardened cells. These are constantly shedding and replaced by new hairs. Every three to five months is a replacement of new eyebrows. In a lifetime, an average person will grow about two meters length of nose hair. Function keep the body protected in temperature regulation, reduces ultraviolet light exposure. The color of body here, brown, black, blonde, shaped like a lawn of grass, both above and below the waist. The location all over the body, some areas have more than others. Delimitation all over the body in space. Fingernails and toenails, a horny cell structure of the outer skin layer forming flat plates on the fingers and toes, average growth is one milliliter per week. A fingernail or toenail takes about six months to grow from base to tip. Its function is to protect sensitive skin areas, useful for cutting and picking up things. The color is mostly clear. Shape is like fish scales, direction above and below the waist, location in the fingers and toes, delimitation bordered by fingers and toes in space. Teeth. 32 bony projections in the jaws serving as organs of chewing. Every individual has two complete sets of teeth during their lifetime. The first set of teeth are primary teeth. They are lost by the age of 14 and replaced by permanent teeth. There are 20 primary teeth and 32 permanent teeth. Function to break down food to cut, chew, and tear like a pestle and mortar. The color white or yellowed. The shape, various shapes including incisors, canines, premolars, and molars. Direction above the waist. Location in the mouth. Delimitation rooted in the gums and space. Skin. The organ that forms the outer surface of the body. There are over 4 million pores in the skin. In one square inch of the skin, there lies four yards of nerve fibers, 1,300 cells, 100 sweat glands, 3 million cells, and three yards of blood vessels. Humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour. So we've been here... <laughs> <coughs> About 66 minutes. So, and there's about 80 people in here times 600,000 particles of skin. That's a lot. So humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour, about 1.5 pounds a year. 
I bet you didn't know this one, that most dust particles in your house are made of dead skin. By 70 years of age, an average person will have lost about 105 pounds of skin. Every square inch of the human body has an average of 32 million bacteria living on it. The function, it shields the body against infection, dehydration, injuries, parasites, and temperature changes. It provides sensory information about the environment, manufactures vitamin D, and excretes salts in small amounts of urea. The color, white, brown, black, yellow, shaped like a bag of grain that takes shape of whatever's inside it. The largest human organ is the skin with a surface area of about 25 square feet. The direction, both above and below the waist, all over the body, the location, from face to feet to fingers. It's bordered by head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, and space. So you can get a sense as we go through the body. The cosmetic industry may not be too interested in all of this other information. So <clears throat> what I would like us to do, and perhaps if there's any remaining sheets, if you have, um, I'd like to pass these around and just have us do a little chant of the 32 parts of the body. So if we can maybe pass them and just have them be shared by... Um, Folks, that would be great. I have some up here and there are others in the back on a chair. So as we recite these parts, what the invitation is, you may not be able to, of course, picture and sense into all of these parts. And it's also a learning curve just to read them and follow along with them. But there may be certain parts that will all of a sudden kind of just grab your attention. And, and if so, just kind of... Stay there for a moment. So what I'd like us to do is to, um, we'll recite the complete 32 parts five times in a forward position, five times in a backwards position, and then five times in a forward and backwards position. Or actually, we'll even... Um, Condense it a little bit because that'll take 10 minutes. We'll just do a few minutes of just one time forwards, one time backwards, one time forward and backwards. Okay, so when in Theravadan Buddhist chanting, I just want to let you know that um, it doesn't sound like rock and roll. And actually, it's just to be uh, chanted in, in, in many ways like a monotone. The main point is to begin to penetrate into sensing into the body. We're going to be chanting it in English. I put the poly next to it, but we, when we do the chanting, we do it in English so that it's much more graphic. <laughs> Sounds kind of cool doing it in poly, but you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so we'll do it once forward, once backwards, once forward and backwards. Oh, this is, there's some of those that are flyers about a, a training, and then there was a group of handouts that actually had the 32 parts. Well, let, we will just can 
just do it and we'll just do the best that we can. And maybe what I'll do is I'll go first. That will be the story. So head here, body here, nails, teeth, skin. Now you all. Flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys. Heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs. Large intestines, small intestines, stomach, feces, brain. Bile, phlegm, pus. Blood, sweat, fat. Tears, grease, saliva. Mucus, synovic fluid, and urine. So maybe let's just all do it together at the same time now. Head here, body here, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain. Bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, synovic fluid, urine. Now backwards. Urine, oil of the joints, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines. Lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, skinnies, bone marrow, bones, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body here, head here. Now forward and backwards. Head here, body here, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs. Large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines. One spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bones, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body here, head here. All right, so let's just pause for a moment now and just let's just center into the head here. I'm just going to work with these five parts just for a few minutes. Head here. Sensing into the top of the head. Thin, flexible shaft of hardened cells. Thread-like outgrowth from the skin of mammals. Sensing into the head. Head hair. The color, the shape, the location. Sensing into the body here, protruding all over the body, some places more than others. Fine hairs, bushy hairs, 
body hears. Shifting into the nails, fingernails, toenails, horny cell structures. Forming plates on the fingers and toes. The color, the shape. Dancing into fingernails, toenails. Sensing into the teeth. 32 bony projections protruding in from the jaws. Incisors, canines, premolars, molars, teeth. The color, the shape where it's located, its function, chewing, tearing, cutting. And the last part of this grouping, the skin, it takes the shape of what's inside. Skin. And as we come to an end to this very short review of these first five parts, let us also just be grateful that we have these parts and that this body is the only body that we will ever be living within that is assisting us in this path of the Dharma of peace. May there be compassion. May there be wisdom. May all beings be at peace. So I'd like to just maybe end by maybe just reading to you a little bit of um, last year was my very first um, time doing this uh, 33-week practice. And so I the end got some evaluations from, it was about a dozen people that committed themselves to meet every Friday morning from 10 to 12 for 33 weeks in, to do this practice. And um, here's, here's a little bit about some of their comments um, I'd like to just share. First question was, what was some of your most significant insights from this practice One person says, I came to realize that my body indeed is really a vessel in the truest sense of the word. I have always had a great respect and awe for the workings of the human anatomy and physiology, but meditating on its parts, secretions, and functions brought me even closer to the wonder of it all. That we are truly composed of skin, tissue, etc., that what we eat, makes all of these atoms, molecules, blood, and our eyes. I never had such a close connection to my body, always thinking it was a separate entity. We concentrate so much on the mind. One person wrote, I'm thinking, I'm beginning to understand just how attached I am to my body. I have also become aware of how much attachment I have to other areas of my life. Becoming aware of the different ways that I employ to avoid facing these attachments. One person said that I am not my body, that 
Each of us is part of the other cellularly. Here's a comment from someone that, um, that I'm still trying to make sense of the experience of the 32 parts of the body. It was so different from any other experience. The meditation was highly structured and didn't fit neatly into any of the usual ways I structure my thoughts or categorize. I suspect that this is precisely the point of the meditation to disabuse us of our usual illusions we have about our bodies. And I never, I never knew what the word disabuse meant, and it means to tell somebody or make somebody realize that an idea is not true. This is in relation to how one looks at one's body. And she says, it's funny. I look at my body and the bodies of others, and I see it as all the same now. I saw a woman yesterday who must have weighed well over 200 pounds, and there was no difference in her and in me. It's all just a bunch of bones, cartilage, and cells. It was as if, as if I could see through her skin to see her heart was pumping, beating rapidly. Did you experience any disenchantment with the body? One person says, no, just greater awe. Yes, more disidentification, one says. Another person said, I don't think I experienced any disenchantment of the body. However, I did experience aversion to addressing my relationship to the body. In particular, I found that I am averse to exploring issues that cause me to confront the fact of my body that it's aging. At first, we were looking at the outer layers of the body, head, hair, nails, teeth, skin, and I felt a sense of vanity. I wasn't very happy with my parts. It was only when we were getting deeper and I took a look with fascination, detachment, and respect for what the body is and does. I appreciate my body, my strength, my intelligence, my sight, and so on, and that's what makes aging so difficult. What I've learned in this practice is how attached I am to that terrific strength, body, eyesight, and how losing it, even partially, is such a grievous loss. So what I've learned is that I've been attached, and while I haven't given up my attachment, I take it from a softer place in my soul now. I'm just going to read a couple more. Do you experience any repulsiveness of the body? Occasionally with excretions like feces and dead skin, then curiosity and awareness of acculturation and how I learned to relate to my body and its productions from early childhood. I don't think any of the solid parts repulsed me, but a number of the liquid ones did. <laughs> And only once when you gave the fact about growing two meters of nose here. <laughs> Do you experience a sense of no self? Yes, especially while chanting the 32 parts, immersing myself into the words, the organs, and ceasing to be a body, rather a mass of goo, a wonderful goo. <laughs> I seem to talk to lots of people about the 32 parts of the body as I point to my skin and say how it's a mass of tissue. I realize it's a bunch of cells, how I appreciate its daily functions, even to see the dead skin cells sloughing off is amazing. An earwax composition, who would have thought? 
Airwax composition is made of liquid fat and um, sweat. Bet you didn't know that one. I'll just end with um, one person writing that I feel a greater respect and compassion and a greater sense of detachment of my body. Seriously, I hate to be too graphic, but sometimes I have problems with my elimination system and my ability to weather these occurrences has taken on a quieter grace. It's not just a mental change. It's an experiential one. So anyways, I can go on and on, but I realize our time is just about here. So let's just uh, sit for another minute. I want to just thank you all for letting me ramble on about this 32 parts of the body practice. And if any of you are interested in, um, here's a solicitation or an invitation, I should say, not a solicitation. But I'm going to be offering this um, 33-week-long practice in Santa Cruz at Vipassana Santa Cruz starting on October 5th. And any of you are welcome to, um, to come. I realize that sometimes we may not be able to be there every week, but if we can commit to most, that's the intention behind this. So just breathing in, breathing out, and just taking in this body from head to toe to fingertip. Quite a body. I'll end with... uh, Mary Mary Oliver writes about the body in her poem, Rhapsody. So this is more on the side of blessings of the body. Bless the fingers, for they are darting as fire. Bless Bless the little hairs of the body that are softer than grass. Bless the hips, for they are cunning beyond all machinery. Bless the mouth, for it is the describer. Bless the tongue, for it is the maker of words. Bless the eyes, for they are the gifts of the angels, for they tell the truth. Bless the shoulders, for they are a strength and a shelter. Bless the thumb, for when working it has a godly grip. Bless the feet, for their knuckles and their modesty. And bless the spine, for it is the whole story. May we all be at peace. Thank you. I realize our time is um, a little bit beyond, but is it possible I could just do five minutes for questions? Or for your lung with for your friend with lung cancer, how do you think chanting impacted the lung cancer progress? Well, she not only chanted, but she the chanting is just one part of the meditation. So we we need to know it you know, verbally. So in her particular part, it was heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs. But then again, the meditation is after you say it verbally, you're beginning to penetrate the color, the shape, the location, the direction, know its function. So you're really centering your awareness directly in each of these internal organs so that you can see it almost in your mind's eye. Now, you're not supposed to be doing any type of manipulation to it. You're not like sending like cancer pack men to eat the cancer or things like that. It's just simply being and seeing the organs as they are. So what do you think happened though with that extended? We don't, I, I don't know. I don't understand what the healing principles involved there, although 
According to the text, this meditation has been used for people to work with healing for a number of years. But what are the exact mechanisms involved? I don't know. But I think my sense is it's the penetrating into seeing things as they are, to see the impermanent nature, how they come and go, to begin to... um, to see the true nature of the body. So I really can't explain the mechanisms. I don't know. Thank you. Any other questions? Please. You said that this meditation has been used for healing for a number of years. Mm -hmm. You mentioned just for one one person. I'm wondering if, uh, in general, they're finding that there's, there's success. You know, I don't know much about other, you know, this was a real life situation that I encountered some years ago. But it's in the Buddhist texts that this meditation has been known for healing. So, it, you know, this is going back for 2,500 years. This meditation, though, I don't want to give a... Um, The role of healing in the body is one of the side benefits, potentially, of this practice. But the most important benefit of this practice is to penetrate into seeing the true nature of the body, that we will um, have a deeper understanding of the three characteristics of existence and attain nirvana. So that is perhaps the most deepest healing force that this practice is. It's helping to penetrate the eradication of this conceptual idea of I, me, and my, that this body is just made of these parts. And perhaps as one develops deeper inner realizations of that, there may be some physical healings that may come arise out of that. But it's not used, it's, it's used really for insight practice. Though it also, as I was mentioning, can be used to develop jhana and absorption as well. It's one of these interesting meditations that can go both ways. Thanks. I noticed when I was doing it, I had a, uh, this morning I had an, an altercation with another person and it, it kept being there and I thought, well, insight way, you know, this is juice. This is juice now. Let's work with it. But doing the body practice, I noticed how my emotions became unimportant and there was no longer a me that had been upset. Mm. There was just these different parts. Mm, mm. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. So I think that's it. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Okay.